Welcome to the Living Clean Podcast. I'm your co-host Mason S. With me as always is Travis K. This podcast is not meant to replace meeting, sponsorship, step work, or service. This is meant to be just another tool in your recovery toolbox. Our guests are here to share their experience, strength, and hope with recovery through Narcotics Anonymous. Thank you for joining us. All right, welcome back to the Living Clean Podcast. This is, can you believe it, episode number 14. 14. Yeah, and today we're beginning our 12-week series of breaking down each of the 12 steps. Today is step one, but before we get started, my name's Mason S. I'm an addict. I'm the co-host, and with me as always is TK. Yeah, yeah, and I'm back. Yeah, he's finally back. He was gone <laughs> the other day, so... We're glad to have Travis back, and today we got Mr. Peter M. from Boston, Massachusetts, uh, going to help us with step one. Peter, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, doing well, no complaints. Awesome. You want to start with your clean date and uh, where your home group's at? Uh, clean date is February 10th, 1995. My home group is Friday night at the... Um, Hope Without Dope Group in uh, Lynn, Massachusetts on Easton Ave. And that's my whole group. I've been going there for about, I don't know, six years. All right. Boston, Massachusetts. Man, I, I haven't been up there since uh, January of 2019, but I absolutely loved it up there, man. Um, that's an outside issue. Don't yeah. bring that up. Yeah. All the history. And, uh, of course, the lobster rolls. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The clam chowder. He's wanting to throw some Brady stuff in there. I know you. Go ahead uh, and tell him what no, you did. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but, anyways, before we get started into step one, let's um let's get to know you a little bit, man. So, uh, what was uh, what's your recovery journey been like, and, and what brought you to N.A.? Um. I was introduced to narcotic anonymous through H&I in the prison system. Um, I had gone, I had been incarcerated five years um, through the age of uh, 18 to 23 in and out of jail. On the fifth or fourth incarceration, uh, H&I guy came in by the name of Melvin uh, S., who carried the message to me and, and, and transformed and changed my life forever. Um, after hearing his story, um, I never looked back. That's how I got clean through H&I. So how long was it before, um, after you got out of the incarceration before you attended your first meeting? Um, I was, um, uh, I was around, I think 19 years old. I was, in, I was residing in Lennon, a basement. Uh, my first son's mom, who's deceased from the disease of addiction, quiet. And um, there was a meeting down at our brother's table in Lynn. So we used to be like um, walking the streets, finding ways we need to get one more. And there was a front, there was an afternoon meeting in there. And I went in there for the first time and, and, and sat down and was listening to the message. You know, I was active. I was using. Yeah. You know. So what was the um 
what was the journey like through the first year or so? What what did that look like when you decided to surrender? When I was in um I was I got stipulated to a halfway house in Roxbury, um, from Greenfield Superior and Dedham Superior Fort. And when they put me in the halfway house, I um I was in there for a couple of weeks and they said there was a meeting up around the corner called In Search of a Higher Power Group on Thursday night. So I said, man, I'm going to try something different, man. You know, I remember the message being carried from H&I, and I knew there was, you know, meetings in that area, and they said that meeting was over at the Thursday night meeting. So I walked over there one night, and 20 years later, I was still a group member. I faithfully went to that group every Thursday night for 20 years. You know, I became the GSR, the secretary, the treasurer, held all service positions, the bookie, and just got really enriched and hearing the message, got involved, you know? So ha- have you had an opportunity to do H&I since, since you got clean? Yeah, I did H&I for many, many years. Um, I, one of the highest um, points of my recovery has been doing the lifers unit at Bridgewater State Prison. Yeah, I did that for many years. Um, my hairs just stood up my arms. Like I remember going in there and driving three hours from where I was residing on a you know a Thursday night through traffic and everything. I would have to leave at four to make the seven o'clock meeting in the H and I in the prison system. And these guys were lifers walking around the block with their basic Texas and their, their just for today and their step working guys, and they were never getting out. And I did that for many, many years. And I, when I would leave there, I would get a standing ovation, you know, many years. And it wasn't just for my own personal gain. It was just like going in there and letting the guys know that, like, they could still find freedom from the slavery of active addiction, even being incarcerated, because there's drugs in jail, too, you know? Mm. And I was just I was just blessed to be a servant, to, to be able to carry the message in there. Did H&I for many years, hospitals and institutions, um, thousands of hours at H and I, you know, pretty crazy walking in, going through all those gates, and then knowing when you get done, you get to walk back out of them. And that best feeling in the world, man. I don't <laughs> forget the first time I went and they opened up those gates because I remember the longest bit I did was thirty months straight, and I'll never forget that morning getting out and those gates. Open it up, and the first agent I commitment I did was like, "Wow, man, what?" Because I always had this fear in me, like they'd be like, "Oh, you can't leave. You got a warrant or something," you know. Yeah. I'd be petrified, <laughs> you know, and they would let me out, man. I'd be like, "Yeah." That actually happened to Travis. Won't you tell that story? Okay. Well, <clears throat> we we had been doing H and I for probably a year, year and a half, or something like that, and they went to this whole new system and. I had an alias in Texas, uh, a warrant for like aggravated uh, assault with a deadly weapon and some other stuff. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm getting ready to go through it. I was like, I only, you know, like been to Texas, like, I don't know, three months out of my life, but I stayed down there one time, but I definitely didn't get in any trouble and I didn't assault anybody. And uh, finally they got all the stuff straightened out and I was like, you know, guys, the jail had a had a <laughs> new system. 
The jail had a yeah. new system and mixed up a bunch of people and got their um, social security numbers like one digit off. And we had like, they thought we had members of the cartel and everything that we were trying to bring in a message with. And they finally got it cleared <laughs> up, but they almost shut down H and I in our area because they didn't want, nobody trusted them anymore. Rightfully so, I guess. But yeah. 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 You mentioned something a minute ago talking about doing H and I with, um, lifers. And I, I'll tell you one of the most, um, unique situations I was ever in is I was doing H and I at the prison and there was a guy on a life sentence and I just, I, I put myself in his shoes and I'm like, I don't know if I would even attempt this, but so I got to talking to him and he was like, well, this is my life inside of these walls and it's never going to change. And if I can learn to apply this recovery program and stop using, I can get a better job, you know, and the rest of the time that I got to spend in here is going to be a lot better if I can find a way to stop owing these guys money. And so it, it just changed my whole perspective, you know, that I thought yeah, that was pretty yeah. neat. For sure. All right. Well, enough about us. Let's get back to you. Um, yeah. What about the, the sponsorship? Like when you, uh, when you first got that sponsor and this is going to lead us right into what we're talking about. Yeah. So when I was in the halfway house, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't know anything about, a, you know, sponsorship. I, I was, I was in the halfway house and there was a meeting down on Sunday morning it just touched me, man, because I was sharing a meeting Friday night about it. Um, whew. This guy walked up, you know, there was a meeting um, at the Pilgrim Church on Columbia Road in Dorchester, and this guy, Lemuel Belgrave, you know, he, pa he passed. He had walked in the backyard. The halfway house was having a gathering of the men in the back, and he walked up to me and he said, I saw you in the meeting. I had been withdrawing from crazy train and uh, uh, a three-year crack run, you know? And I was really still, like, even after the detox um, and being sectioned in that halfway house, I was still DTing, man. I was still, like, shaking, rattling, and rolling in early recovery, you know? And he said, I'm going to be your sponsor. And I looked at him like, what? And he said, I'm going to be your sponsor. And he was from um, Chester, Pennsylvania. Um and he worked in a, a halfway house in Boston called First Academy. And every, I thought this guy was just like, you know, telling me a story like, you know, I'm going to be there for you. But he would faithfully show up over this halfway house unexpectedly just visiting me. And he'd be like, there's something in you. There's something about you. And I want to be in your life. And I'm going to help you, you know, take you through the 12 steps. You know, I didn't know years later, you know, sponsorship, is the heartbeat of NA, which we learn in our literature, and those who take sponsorship Syria, series are those who get the most out of this fellowship, right? A sponsorship. So I was like, I'm all for it. So he took me through the step working guide, you know, the first time, you know. When I was 20 years clean, I was down in Baltimore doing the Friday night 35-year anniversary at some group in the trenches in Baltimore. And my my sponsor had just died, and I walked. This is gonna really, you know, put make you guys hair stand up if you take your hats off, right? So I'm down there, and 
I, I went down there and there was a guy living in a bus terminal and he had and he was in there with the straight shooter, the stem and the pusher and the bus terminal was a house. So I walked over to him and I asked him if he wanted something to eat. And when I walked away, he said, you from Boston? And I said, yeah. And he said, my brother was from Boston. And I was like, oh, wow. So I went to Dunkin' Donuts. I came back. I gave him a coffee and a something to eat. And he said, yeah, you a cool white boy from Boston, man. He's like, my brother Lemuel, man. I just lost him from Boston. And I, I turned around and I just stopped. And I said, what you say? And I walked over and he said, my brother Lemio died. He was from Boston. And I said, are you from Chester, Pennsylvania? He said, I am. And I said, wow, man. Whoa. I said, that was my sponsor. Lemio was my sponsor. And I'm sitting there crying in the bus terminal with the guy that I realized that God, my higher power, which I never really believed in. I needed to see evidence of something real. But that moment in my recovery with God showed me how true he really was because he said, I, I saw that God was paying it forward. His, his brother took me through the 12 steps, transformed my life. And here I was giving back to his brother who was homeless, living in a bus terminal, man. Wow. Yo, that shit was crazy. Man. And I got his, I mean, I'm, I'm in Baltimore. I'm from Boston. And, I, and my, and my sponsor died 48 hours prior to me meeting this guy. It was like Lemmy was telling me through his brother, I'm okay, Peter. Yo, man, that shit touched me. Man. Never, ever, ever have I experienced like an awakening through our step work process like that, you know? Blew me away, man. So sponsorship is like, you know, real important. My sponsor, Sean G, who's sponsored by Richie C, and he's sponsored by Jack B, whose story's in the basic text. So I've had that sponsor. Lemio was my spiritual advisor after the first couple of years, and Sean's been sponsoring me about 25 years right now. So I talk to my sponsor every day. I talked to him this morning. You know? What a, what a, man, unbelievable story. That's that. pretty cool about the genealogy that oh. you've come through, man. Yeah. About, because we've got cool. this thing, we've got a, a sponsorship brother that's actually got a story in the book too oh man it's beautiful it is you know? so um let's roll on into step one and um one of the so I, I heard you mention the step working guide did you work the steps through this the step working guide or i have been through the step working guide about uh nine times <laughs> awesome yeah, so I'm I'm on my tenth time right now. I'm on step four right now. So the first section of out of the step working guide, it talks about the disease of addiction. And I think for me, it's important that we understand what we're dealing with. So when we talk about like the disease of addiction, what does that mean to you? Well, the disease of addiction, what it talks about step one is it's not our it's not our our, our behavior. It's not our actions. It's not our. It's our disease, right? That first section you're talking about in the bottom. Yeah, I know you. I know what you're talking about. I mean, what I feel is it's obsessive and compulsive behaviors, yeah. man. You know that that lead to spiritual decay and 
I realized that victory lies in the mission of defeat. Like I needed to surrender. You know, I needed to surrender to to for me. Complete abstinence. The only thing that has worked for me. Yeah. You know, um ability, the outer and the inner, you know. When I think of step one, you know, if I was to use one of anything, like years later, I'm dealing with something that has nothing to do with drugs, you know, still paying the, just because they have long terms of long abstinence of being clean doesn't mean that the addiction still doesn't kick my ass sometimes because it does, mm-hmm. you know, deal with the disease of addiction. It's a powerful force that like, it's a serious, serious thing, which we'll get more into as if my spirit starts to move into the assignment that God had asked me to do, you know? You know, what's uh, interesting for me is I think this is the big, this is the first time throughout the process of our program that's kind of separates us from the sister fellowship or the mother fellowship, whatever you want to call it. The other fellowship that we came from yep. is we talk about the disease of addiction rather than the disease of a specific substance. And I'm glad that you brought that up because the disease is evident after the substance is gone. You know, you can still see, you said what, 28 years into it, man, you still see evidence of the disease in your life. Oh, I mean, you know, sponsorship, which you first talked about when you opened it up to step one, and if you only realize, if, if, if I have time to tell the whole story, I have been paying the price, staying clean, having, you know, issues of, you know, the addiction that I've dealt with, you know, finding love in all the wrong places, looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, burying my mother this year, burying my sister this year, burying my, my little cousin this year, having a son that's blind, losing my other son's mother, you know, through overdoses, right? So I so when I'm going through struggle, where is my recovery and my step one there? You know, what am I using to, to sabotage the feelings that I'm dealing with? Grieving, loss of loved ones, you know, court cases, you know, with 28 years clean, like, oh, that's a bad recovery. No, it's what it is. It's something that God's got me going through for the evidence on the scene that even though I'm going through these hard times, I don't have to use anything to escape. And set mm-hmm. off the obsession and the compulsion, which was to use one of something that's going to relieve me of what I'm feeling. It's been very painful. You know, we'll get more as you ask me more questions. But, I mean, I, I, I can't even believe I'm still standing the year I've had, you know. Well, it makes you grateful that you've got um, a program that starts with step one to begin the process of healing with whatever you're dealing with, right? That That's – um. That's the difference between what we got and what somebody who's just trying to go uh, white turkey or, you know, cold turkey. Uh, we get to um, start the process back over with whatever obsession and compulsions took its, you know, took its toll on us throughout, you know, whatever year or whatever season we are in our recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So the next it's section. Been, yep. So the next section kind of talks about um, denial. Um, and not the not the river in Egypt either, um, <laughs> right? Denial. Don't even know I'm lying. Yeah. Have you seen? Um, even after you worked your first step one, have you seen evidence of denial in your life since then? 
Yeah, man. Lack of like self-acceptance, you know, lack of self-love, you know, self-worth, you know, um, you know, procrastinating, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 28 years. I'm, I'm off and on with the nicotine. I don't know how you guys do with that. Like I'm not smoking. I am smoking. Now, Peter, you know better, man. You gotta keep doing it and keep doing it. You know, for what? You know what I mean? To, to injure myself, I got children, you know? Still using that, using the, 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 the cigarettes as like a crutch, you know? Uh, what about surrender? <laughs> I mean, I've surrendered. I've Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, surrender is quiet. You know what I mean? Um, I had an issue in a relationship with my kid's mother that, like, I went in, I went back to her after 10 years. You know, she was gone for 10 years, man, using, you know. And a year ago, I opened up the door, you know, thinking that it was going to it was gonna be something different, only to find out that she was using in my house. And and for, you know, actually two years, I'm trying to get her a clean. I don't know if you know Mason, but uh, CJ, but... TJ, but like I've been a single parent for 12 years, you know, raising my kids, man. You know, I have, I have three boys, you know, the only one I'm caring for now, full custody of is my, my 12 year old. I got custody of him at two months old. And I'd be like, you know, Lindsay, you can't use him, man. Like, you know, what don't you get, man? You came here, you said you were clean and you're using him. She was using in the home, you know? And then I had to, you know, muster up the spiritual insight to remove her with love. And, it, yo, when you deal with the disease, you guys know, man. You guys been around. You know what I'm talking about. Like, it ain't as easy as we think it is sometimes. It was a very complicated situation, man. So I had to surrender to it to say, like, it's not going to get better until you are gone. Because I can't carry out this assignment with my son with you in here not being willing to surrender to your recovery. I'm going res to surrender right now to this relationship. And whatever you choose to do is on you, and, and, and it's been painful. You know what I mean? But I'm getting through it clean is what matters, what my sponsor says, you know? She hates me now. I'm the bad recovering addict now. Well, you know what? I can't ever use an addict in my home, so I had to surrender. Mm -hmm. You know, just like I surrendered when I got clean, you know? Tough, tough situation, man. Man, and and that's a perfect example of what surrender can look like too. Like it, it's oh man, it. But you're right. Like it, without the surrender, the situation is only going to continue to deteriorate. And you know, nobody ever said surrender was easy, but the outcome in the end is it's not going to be good if we don't find some way to surrender. You know, because I waited. It ended up costing me and my son five court visits in the last mm -hmm. two years with her. We just went to the last court because I've learned if you can't help an addict, don't hurt one. At the end, she put her hands on me and my son. And I don't want to see her do seven years in prison. Uh -huh. So we went in there with integrity, holding our heads up high, me and my son. I dropped the charges, but I asked to have no contact with one year whatsoever, and we were granted that. We don't want no contact with you. You need to work on your recovery. We have surrendered, and we were tired of getting beaten. And when you become tired of getting beaten, you become willing to do the uncomfortable. That's and it was uncomfortable for us. You know, it was hard. You know, but now I got, but now my spirit's better now. You know, I'm better now. Go ahead, TJ. That, 
that surrender just reminds me of, you know, that part in the basic text where it talks about you can't save your face and your ass at the same time. Yeah, That's man. A, I almost lost it. I almost <laughs> lost it, you know. I almost <laughs> lost my shit, man, for real. And it's a perfect example of working step one after the drugs are away too, right? Like um, step one is going to continue to benefit us throughout our life. Even though it talks about addiction, we're not talking about this disease of a specific substance. You got to learn that you're powerless over, you know, somebody else that's using. If we're powerless over our addiction, I'm damn sure powerless over yours. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll get into more of, of some insight on, some other experience that I've had to go through with powerlessness, like with go some court it. cases and stuff, you know? Yeah. Let's so go I, I mean, I don't know if you know what I do for work. I was, a, I was the father and director of a program, you know, and I started a, a, a program, you know, not a program. NA is the program. I started some recovery homes in Boston Yeah. and I started with, you know, one person, you know, 17 years ago, a homeless guy, that I'm an NA guy. I'm going through a bad divorce. I'm living in the home by myself. I go to an NA meeting one night. I'm coming back through Main Street in Brockton. I'm crying my eyes out because the day before I walked into my wife was my son's baseball coach. And I, I and I'm like, I'm like, my whole life was flipped upside down. So God says, you know, I'll do what my recovery is another recovering addict. So I pull this guy off the street and I bring him to my house and I start relinquishing all my pain to this newcomer, you know. Perfect example of step one, man. Like, I'm powerless over what she's doing. She's with the baseball coach. I'm in the house alone with you. Uh, how do I get through this, you know? So here we are 17 years later, and because I'm the director of the house and I always believe in, you know, pouring my awakening into others' lives, you know, I get myself all revved up with the last five years has been in and out of courthouses, you know, fighting the Department of Justice, fighting the Attorney General. You know, fighting like where I'm housing addicts and I'm powers over what these people are saying about me. It, 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 and it's so crazy when you look at the overall picture, it's like what they're saying don't make doesn't match up to anything of how I live my life, you know. And I've had to go, I'm on the last week of, of my case this past week of derogatories with the accusers. You know, I'm talking about females saying I discriminated against them, I sexually harassed them. Like stuff that, you know, we go through even with years clean and I'm sitting back going, I'm raising my kid, I'm burying my mother, I'm burying my sister. And we were taught like, if you can't help an act, don't hurt one, man. And here you guys are trying to destroy the guy that God put in this plan to formulate a, a one guy event 17 years ago to be housing 165 people now. You know, God did that. And then you can make up lies about me. Come on, man. Like, yo, we're supposed to be about helping addicts, right? And, 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 and I'm so blessed, man, of the insight of my own. Yeah. So, so like here I am at the end of it, and, and you got people that have opinions. And I'd be like, Well, you know what? God will show the truth as as it continues to come to the end, which we are at now. And now everything that was said and everything that they said they had, they have none of it. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm like, I've had a walk in that path of like, yo, I'm a guy that don't have no family. My mother's dead from the disease. My father's dead from the disease. I have no family members. NA's my family. How do I come up with $300,000 to fight for my rep? How do, I, how do I do that? Through praying, through prayer, through prayer. And every time God comes through again for me, comes through again for me. 
Well, I'm not out of it yet. You know, I mean, I'm trying to get, they're trying to sue me for money that I don't got because they didn't follow policies in the house, which is complete abstinence. And if you use any mind altering chemical, if you abuse them or if, you, or if you're dirty, you got to leave the place. So now I'm the bad guy because you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Individuals yeah. recover, houses do not, right? And they made up all these lies about me. And it's wrong, man. In so many ways, it's wrong. You know, but it hasn't shook me, Mason. It hasn't, you know, sent me back to go back to where I came from. It's really has built my relationship, my character with God and to learn like ethics and boundaries and who's in NA and who's not and who really wants us and who doesn't, you know, because some people we think are friends and they really want this really don't. You know That's what I mean? Weird. Oh, man. They put us through it, me and my son. You know, for me, that's just, and somebody new that's brand new may be listening to this and go, what has that got to do with step one? Well, the man has went through all of this and he hasn't found a reason to use yet. And because of that, you he, you still got an opportunity to see yourself through the other side. See, had you just threw in the towel? Because a lot of people would probably listen to that and go, I would probably would have gave up. But that's what step one's all about, understanding that no matter what I'm going through, Putting a chemical in, you can't give up, man. If I put that chemical in, it's off to the right. It, it it's oh, forget it. Yeah. I mean, that that's why I shared it because we become gold to others hearing this. Where the newcomer, like I've had some meetings I've done worldwide, places that I've been asked to come serve, and I would share that story. I would share like losing my mother. My mother overdosed, man. I found my mother dead, man, a year ago. Through fentanyl overdose. Mm. Four months later, I find my sister, man. And I'm going through this stuff. And I'm still clean, man, raising my kid. And I'm like, damn, and you guys put me through this shit too? And how God, how much more can I take, man? Just don't use Peter. Make meetings. Don't pick up the power and you is gonna continue to be stronger. And you're going to be able to carry this out to others that don't think they can get through some hard times. Yo, you're going to get through this, and I'm going to and I'm going to carry you through this, no matter what you're going through, because I believe in NA that much that if I stay clean, I don't lose the power of what the gift God gave me. I don't forget that, man. You know, I'm not powerless. My life is not unmanageable. If I put one in me, oh, it's going to be unmanageable. Everything will go. You know what I mean? Including me. You know? So, nah, I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. You know? That, it's, and been that's a, it's been tough. That's a perfect example of, of what step one is, too, man. Like, I think God played a, a part in putting your name in my on my heart about sharing about step one. Cause I mean, you, that that's kind of the idea we wanted to get across is even past addiction. Um, you still have forms of powerlessness. Absolutely, man. And I'm a heroin overdose survivor, man. I mean, like I, I've, I am an overdose survivor. Like I've overdosed on, on, on Matega, you know, 28 and a half years ago. You know what I mean? I know what it was like. You know, 
you know, and I don't reminisce about the, the disease and how powerful it is to give somebody a free, you know, thought of using. I just know from my own experience that I don't forget what it was like at four or five o'clock in the morning trying to find ways and means to get one more. And the cops looking for me and the unmanageability of my life and how powerless I was of changing that. The only way I was ever to change that was a complete surrender to recovery. And does that mean my life is going to get better in all areas of my life? No, it's not. But I know that when I stay clean, wonderful things happen. Like, you know, me being victorious that I'm still here to even be able to share with my man Mason that I am still on this journey, man. Through all the shots taken at me. You know? Yeah. Peter, um, we're about out of time, brother, and I sure appreciate you coming on here and and talking about this. Um, One of the last things we usually do is we ask the people that are on here to uh, share with the you know, either the newcomer or the person that's been here for a while, man, that may be going through it and, and taking it on the chin like you just shared about that you're going through. What is your message to that person? I mean, I believe spiritual muscle is built through struggle and it builds my character. And if it, if it was a cakewalk, wouldn't it be good for fighting for, man? I have to fight for my freedom, man. And, and me not picking up the first one is going to give me the ability to combat all these struggles that you might be facing. Like I've learned simple things since I've been clean, like get a sponsor, join a home group, get a service position, pray, read the literature and help somebody less fortunate than you. You know, I have right now at this moment, I have a brother that's real sick and in, in, in bad shape. I've been a servant to him. I have a sister right now that's dying from stage four cancer on top of me not even getting out of the first year of losing two other family members on top of the financial struggle, on top of raising my kid and all that stuff. But if I keep my recovery, number one, an individual much wiser than me told me my recovery must come first. It got to come before my problems, my significant other, my children, my job, anything I put before this precious gift, I'm destined to lose it. You know, and an aggregate of clean time should be able to come in and meet in an atmosphere free of judgment and share anything that affects their spiritual condition. So if you're new and you're struggling, and if you can hear what I'm saying, pain shared is pain lessened, and you're here for you. And if you don't pick up the first one, yo, you win, you win it, you win it against this disease that tells you that you're not, regardless of the outside circumstances you might be dealing with. I don't know what it is, but you do. And you can make a change by being a member of Narcotics Anonymous because NA has transformed my life through the step working God, through sponsorship, through step work, through service work. And I can share all day long on different avenues if it makes it that asked me. But I'm grateful that as tired as I was, I've had a rough week, but I made it. I'm glad I did. And at three o'clock, I'm going to a good friend of mine's anniversary in Pittsburgh, uh, celebrating 10 years clean. So. Man, Peter, we sure appreciate you coming on here, brother. And thank you for staying clean. Thank and you, thank Mason. you for continuing continuing to share the message. And uh keep doing your thing, man. And you know, you're gonna be in my prayers about all the situation that you're going through. And um, you know, I know you're gonna see it out through the other side, and then you're gonna help somebody else who goes through it. So thank That's you for right. doing this, brother. Thanks, Mason. Tell t- t- was it TJ? Travis, TK. 
Travis, tell him love and respect, man. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he just got uh he got in trouble. His wife came in here, told him he was taking too long. We're setting up for oh. a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, but we'll be back next week with step two. We'll have Kayla C on here. So um, we look forward to seeing all of y'all next week. Thanks, Thanks for Mason. Thank you for joining us on our Living Clean podcast. This is another platform that we can share our message of recovery, which is an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose a desire to use, and find a new way to live. Join that no matter what club. You can contact us through text. The number is 931 Three zero six nine three six four.